episode 141. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, uh, just another reminder, you ladies and gents out there, Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, have you checked this out yet? We set this up for our fellow artists around the world so you can post things about your brand, your career, and share with not just uh, all of our family of creators out there, but everybody who comes to the Dharmic Evolution website, to the show. You know, we've got a worldwide audience who loves to check in on the latest musical talent. So take advantage of this platform today. Pull in some more fans just by posting what you're doing. Take advantage, man. Hey, today we are in Waynesville, Missouri, with a lady who has enough going on in her life for five different people. So how about for starters, an accomplished singer-songwriter, but we're not stopping there. She has a busy law practice with not one, but two offices. She's also an, an author of three inspirational books, a devoted Christian who inspires and helps everyone she touches. She also bakes pies and is a mother of three. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Superwoman, Kimberly Faith. You better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. We have got some great news for you. There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. This is something that you have never heard before. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed with scripture delivered by Chaplain Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins, and vocals from singer-songwriter James Kevin O'Connor. Yes, a little bit of heaven on earth. And just in time, behold, it's the brand new album from Mercy titled, I Am Victorious. Yes, Jesus came, he saw, he taught, he preached, he healed, he suffered unimaginable torture, and not only defeated the evils of Satan, but he won the entire war for the entire world. And as he stated in the song, I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us, it's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. I Am Victorious, the new album is out now and available on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. Just recorded in the Music City on the world-famous Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the album or pick up the actual CD copy of I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes and ears open for the live performance tour of Mercy coming soon. Featuring Come, Amen, Bless You. I'm afraid it is finished. And yes, the title track, I Am Victorious. Available right now. Go to Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby and download your copy of I Am Victorious today. And keep your eyes and ears open for the new band, Mercy, coming to a venue near you soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. So, Kimberly Faith, we are in Missouri today, and listen, it's great to have you on the Dharmic Evolution. I welcome you to the show, and you've got so many things to talk about, and I don't even know where to start with you. You've got such a diverse and rich history behind you, and your music is awesome. So, um, let's start with uh, the hippie years, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, my mom was a very free spirit. And she was born in Connecticut, went, uh, joined a, just a group of, I guess, traveling hippies. <laughs> right. And they, um, we lived on both coasts and several places in between, um, various, we lived in teepees and state parks and lots of places without plumbing or electricity. Um, I think we traveled some on a school bus. I was pretty young, you know, to be part of it. So then you uh, didn't, you didn't know the difference then, right? Like it didn't matter to you. Like you, did you even realize you were like living so differently from other kids? Not really. Um, I, you know, I just thought that was the way people lived. And when I would go to my grandmother's house, she lived in Connecticut, my grandmother and grandfather's house, you know, they had running water, uh, they had a pool, they had like regular food, like, cause we ate like hippie food, you know? Um, <laughs> what is hippie was, food? What is it? <laughs> like, oh what do you guys eat? <laughs> Imagine one with nature. I mean, a lot of, well, 
part of the time we were vegetarians, you know, and we would live off the land and eat whatever we could find in the woods. Um, we were good friends with the local health food store. So it was, um, always had to be organic. Um, it was kind of cutting edge to what, you know, they do now. now everybody does now, you know? Right, right. <laughs> In a way, the hippies were on the cutting edge of, you know, we have uh, now the Whole Foods market, right? Yeah. So, um, and uh, so they, we, we were, we would spend a lot of time. I mean, I, I grew up outdoors pretty much. Okay. And, and you know, we, we lived in the North, Northwest quite a bit, Seattle, Oregon, and then uh, traveled on a school bus. It was modified to accommodate beds and people. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was a pretty incredible childhood from a lot of standpoints. Some were not so great, but mostly I look at it as a positive experience. It's really taught me how to relate to just about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, like you, the hippies had the Whole Foods concept, like what, 30, 40 years or whatever, way ahead of everybody else. Right. That's it's pretty awesome. You know, and we circle back to it now so late, you know, but thank God we got to it at all. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, you, like you said, there's, there's a, there's a great merit to growing up and, and just being able to, um, not realize that you are missing anything. When I started, um, I didn't start elementary school till I was, in, well, steadily till I was in third grade. Right. Um, I would go to school here and there if we had happened to land somewhere where there was a school close by. But, um, when I started elementary school steadily, that's when I realized that, oh, wow, we are a lot different than people who live in homes and have running water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of had the desire to eat Fruit Loops once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you must, have, you must have had kids like that you were growing up around that didn't live like that, that were probably fascinated with the way you lived. You know, did you have people like wanting to come over and hang out at the teepee? I mean, I would, I would be digging that, man. Like, what's going on I, here? <laughs> I don't know that I don't remember that I do remember feeling quite different and kind of wishing I wasn't um I when I started school um my mom finally she moved to Arkansas northwest Arkansas because the land was cheap and well you know you grow things that you couldn't grow other places if you know what I mean right um and so when I started school I remember thinking well you know I really like to be like the other kids because you know, think about it. You don't have running water. You don't have electricity. You don't have the um, ways to stay clean. You don't, <laughs> right. you know, you aren't, you aren't, uh, um, and of course I, I was registered in school as we, one of the things my mom let us do is pick our own names when we were hippies. Well, I was born Kimberly, um, Faith McLarty or Kimberly Faith. Um, well, I was adopted a couple of times, so I'm not really sure what was on my birth certificate first, but right. I was eventually I was McLarty when I was adopted at about age 11, but, um, but she let us register our, in school with our hippie names. And so my name was Little Star. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I have report cards that say Little Star McClarty on them, (laughs) 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 which is kind of fun. I think, I think in sixth grade, I changed over to Kimberly because I have a fifth grade. I think I have a fifth grade report card that says Little Star. I, you know, I'm old, so I don't remember these things, but it's, I, I have report cards that say Little Star, and I have friends from that school that I reconnected with on Facebook um, that still, they like Robbie Elkins, he'll send me a card from, a Christmas card and say Little Star, you know, because he right. remembers when I was this Little Star kid, and of course my mom jokes about it because she said, you know, back in the hippie days, you used to, um, when we would all be gathered in the teepee, um, around the campfire, you would write plays and put them, perform every part and sing for us. And, and I was like, wow, you know, I remember it. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So that's why you're the entertainer you are today, because you had to create your own fun, right? There was no like TV and all that stuff. There's no entertainment, right? Exactly. Exactly. It was, um, yeah, it was very, uh, yeah, it, it totally spurned creativity in, in all of us kids, right? Um, which was, fabulous yeah you know i think it's it's a good time for us to get into let's play your first track here and this is called best friend take a look around what 
What a great track. I got to tell you, Kimberly, that was pretty awesome. So we were just talking on the break about, um, you know, about songwriting. And so let's share with everybody uh, your methods for getting so much done in your very, very uh, complicated life. I I won't say complicated, very busy life, but maybe it's a little complicated. And uh, you seem to be able to accomplish so much that mere mortals um, are jealous (laughs) <laughs> so tell us, how do you do all that you do? You're an attorney, you've got three children, a songwriting career, you're an author, um, got a lot going on. Well, I have to give credit to God. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. I I, I didn't expect to be doing all this um, today at my age. And I, I really, when he started moving in my heart and changing me um, about six years ago, I discovered that all these things that had, that he had created in me, you know, back when I was a little star (laughs) (laughs) were waiting for me to listen to him to have happen. And so what he does is he just makes me efficient and effective because it's all him, not me. And, you know, I, I tell my clients 
when they're, when they're, they, of course my clients come in and they're coming to see me because they're having a really bad day. I mean, right. it's not because they don't send the lawyer cause you're having a good day. And, and I'll, I'll talk to them about how God has helped me. And when I see them kind of shutting down, I'll say, you know, do you know anyone smarter than God? And of course they don't. And right. I, have, I have to tell myself that every day because when, when we let God release what's what he created in us to be, not, not when we're not trying to be somebody else, but when we're trying to be just who he made us to be, then what he created in us becomes easy. Right. You know, it's not a struggle. This song, Best Friend, was not a struggle to write. It was what's in, that's what I experienced with God. And it flowed out, you know? Right, right. So he just makes us efficient when we let him do his thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it, is, uh, it is kind of a... Uh, mystical and mostly misunderstood concept for most people until I think until you experience it, then you can really, really understand it, you know, because I find myself in a very similar position uh, with all the things that that I'm working on and able to accomplish the same same type of deal. Hey, what kind of um, law do you practice? I have a general practice. So I yeah, I handle, um, I mean, it's, it's a, we're, I live in rural America and I have two offices. And so we handle everything from, well, I'll tell you my favorite areas of practice. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I love adoptions. I mean, I was adopted and I feel like I'm, um, you know, spreading the love on that one. That one's easy. Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, I do, I also do a lot of estate planning, which I really enjoy because I like having people get squared away. I mean, yeah. taking, you know, they, they walk out and they feel like they've done something and, and squared themselves away. They can have peace about things. Right. Um, I also have a, a fairly big criminal practice, which it took me a long time to kind of get on the program, God's program with that. You know, I tended to be more judgmental towards people who had been in, tr- in, in trouble with the law. And God really changed my view about that. You know, I can't think of a better mission field than people who have are at the worst place in their entire lives, you yeah. know, and, and being able to show them there is hope in God. Um, I'm, I'm pretty selective about my cases. I'm not going to help a career criminal become even longer, you know, extend his career. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually make them write a contract about the things that they're going to do to change their lives. And I kind of keep track of them. Um, it's not just, oh yeah, I'll get you out of this. So, so you do that uh, before you take on the case, you make sure that they, they, they ha- they're in agreement that they're going to hold up their end of the bargain. Absolutely. That's great. Yes. That's really awesome. Yeah. Well, I believe that, you know, as, as Christians, we're supposed to, we're supposed to help you make people's lives better. Success isn't about the money you make. It's about the people that you help, you right. know? And, um, so that's a, that was kind of God adjusted my heart about that. Cause I really had a, ooh, about, you know, helping I, people who, who I kind of was like, wow, didn't you just like put away for life, you know? Right. Right. And, and you know, um, and then the other area that I really enjoy is, um, I have a lot of people who are injured in car wrecks and that sort of thing. And I, I really like to give them compassionate care. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a segment that especially Christian society and, and, and more conservative society, it looks at people who are just, they just said money grabbers. Well, the fact is if I hit somebody and I injure them, then I, my insurance company ought to pay for their damages. Right. And so that's another area I practice in. Those are the kind of the four that I emphasize. I do other things too, but it's, it's just, I mean, it, it would take an hour to talk about all the things that I do really. <laughs> right. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't even planning on asking that question, but, um, you know, you give somebody like you gives a lot of hope to people. Like, I mean, I know people probably come to you with like these enormous, you know, angst is angst in their system. Like, I got to get rid of this. I need some help with this. You know, so you're you're in the right place to help people, especially like you said, the the criminal um, element kind of is you know kind of looked down upon so much. And I'm sure a lot of people come to you that have legitimate um, disservices happen to them and, you know, misfortunes happen to them where they need somebody like you to help them out, you know? So not only that, but you, you probably write some music about them too, right? Some of these stories, you got no shortage for material, girl, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, of course, ethics prohibit me from talking about specific cases. Right, right. 
I'll be honest with you, James. Most of the songs that I've written about just the trouble in life has been my own trouble. And, you know, there's no better way to um, share the heart of Christ and how he has transformed you than by being transparent with your own struggles. And honestly, that is who I am. That's I didn't for 20 years. I was a plastic Christian. I call it plastic Christian because, you know. Went to church, check the box. Raised my kids in church, raised, you know, check the box. Tithe, check the box. Support missionaries, check the box. I was a plastic Christian. Nothing wrong with those things, but when they don't touch your heart, they don't mean anything. Right. And, and so when I went through a divorce, which was the biggest valley in my life, that's when I was in a place where God showed me who he was because at that point I realized I didn't know him. I was saved. I'd been born again. But I did not know that he loved me with the intense kind of love, like I love my children, but better. But I, like my love for my children on steroids, that's God's love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and learning that and the experiences of like my first album, you know, the song Never Alone. I mean, that was one of my first songs I wrote. And it was where I was when I found God. You know, it was like, oh. I don't have to be alone. I'm not alone. I feel alone, but I'm not because his love started to fill me up. Right. And we're filled with him. We're filled with him. We don't need the love from people. We need to give it. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. When you give, you receive so much more. And Absolutely. thank you for the plastic Christian reference. That's a first <laughs> time for me. I never heard that. It's plastic Christian. That's really, and it, it's, you, you didn't even have to explain it. As soon as you said it, I said, wow, what a, what a great metaphor. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I but, don't remember where, where, when that, I started using that term, but it just described me to a T. I mean, people in the community knew, oh yeah, she's a Christian. And I, uh, uh, but it was, I was up here, Christian. I wasn't, you know, Jesus, he didn't spend his time with the Christians. No. Except for his disciples. You know, he was out there with the, the, the parts of society that, unfortunately, we don't even let in our church doors. Right. You know, all the right. times. And, and so my law practice is like the perfect mission field. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey. You got trouble. Let me tell you about about Jesus. Let me tell you who he is and what he can do for you. And I mean, I think it's an amazing opportunity. I get to I get to do this every day and people I get paid to do it. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, I mean, not always, but it, and really, sometimes people just um, they, I just get to talk to them and that's good. And I it's kind of funny. I have I have seven fabulous girls that work for me and they're so funny because they're so tuned into this ministry and they also help me work with, you know, getting my music copyrighted and all this stuff. But they'll, one of my girls will say, Kim, so-and-so needs a Jesus appointment. I made him a Jesus appointment. I gave him an hour. I'm like, perfect. Let's do this. And I mean, it's just what we do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I want to share just a real quick story with you. You may, you may have seen this on Facebook, but this preacher was coming, he was a new preacher coming to the congregation. And what happened was, um, you know, the church filled up with everybody. And um, the, I guess one of the deacons or whatever was announcing, hey, he's coming and he'll be here shortly. And meanwhile, the, the new preacher came in and he dressed as a homeless man. He, you know, completely disheveled. And he came in the church. He was sitting in the front. They made him move to the back. Said, you can't sit here. Um, he said, of all the people that came in, only one or two even said hello to him. Um, so finally, when the big announcement came, he comes up, he walks up and takes the pulpit. And he's this <laughs> homeless guy, like looking at the congregation. And uh, and then he, I can't remember what the, you know, what he recited, but it was a typical, a typical Jesus, um, you know, statement. And he sent everybody home. Said wow. there will be no service today. You go home and think about this. And it had one of the many references to the, you know, the being humble and being homeless and being you know, having nothing and how he was treated, you know. And and so uh, I, I was just like shocked with that. It was like really, really amazing. And, and a lot of people started crying and everything because they were so embarrassed and humiliated how they behaved. You know, they were yeah. called out on it. You know. So. Yeah, that's interesting because something that God has been really teaching me lately is that, you know, that verse that says that true Christianity is to um, is to minister to the orphans and widows. Yeah. And 
you know, in Jewish society, they were the people that were despised. You right. know, people, you didn't take, they, no one took care of them. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, my favorite people to go visit are people that are hundred years old. Um, but I'm asking God to change my heart because that's what he said. And there's a promise in that, you know, and it's interesting because I was on a run the other day. Oh no, that's about three months ago, actually. And I met a lady that was sitting on her wheelchair in this, in, in, um, uh, on my run route. And, uh, so I just felt like God said, do you stop and talk to her? Well, anyway, she's 93 and she and I become best buddies. I mean, we have, we have the best time. I go visit her. If I don't, if I don't go see her, she calls my office and in our little cute voice, she goes, I'm just checking on Miss Kimberly. Is she okay? I would make sure she hasn't gotten sick or something, <laughs> which is my signal to go see her. <laughs> right, right. But she's ministering to me more than I'm ministering to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a perfect time to play Love Begins. a broken girl searching for perfect love you gave me true and showed me how to find true love you said give your heart to him he will he you darling he'll teach you how to live again because loving him is where true love begins oh you showed me the father Begins with 
personal yeah give us would you share the backstory on that Kimberly well um you know when you have friends who consistently point you to Christ right that this this song was written over um and I'm gonna I don't want to cry but the course of a, a couple of my friends who consistently pointed me to Christ I was um, you know, if, if you rate the, one of the downfalls about being raised in kind of a hippie environment is that you equate sex with love. Right. And, and mm-hmm. you equate people needing you with love or being, being wrapped up in somebody else's life with love. And so when I was in the throes of that, I had a couple of good friends who would point me back, say, no, you need to seek Christ. You need to find him because he's where love begins. Okay. And when, when I, when I started to really seek him for that purpose, you know, to be filled with him, to be filled with his spirit, to be filled with his love, then this is when the song came. It was like, okay, I was that wandering soul. You know, I was that, that person who was desperate and that girl who looked for love in all the wrong places, not to be trite, but that's the way I I was looking for it in my career, making myself more valuable, making myself, you know, what something, somebody that people would love. And all I needed to do was turn to Christ and love him and then let him fill me with all the love, more love than I could possibly ever use. And that's where the song came from, because now I, I think about all the people I wanted to get love from. And I will always love these people, irrespective of whether they don't love me or not. They're, they're, you know, whether I'm far or, or, or close to them, the love that I have for them is now from divine origin. Right. And that's what love, that's what love begins is all about. Yeah. You know, I always say that, um, you know, if you can, if you can give love without recip- expectation of reciprocity, you're, you're, you're very special. You're especially blessed. Because there's a huge reward in that because there's no, there's no, you know, there's nothing to be expected. So that's a beautiful thing. You know, I don't need anything back. If I get something back, great, but that's not why I'm doing it. That's not my motivation. My motivation is just to give it. You know, one of my (laughs) three words, uh, God bless you, from Brendan Burchard came up with this thing. You got to get your three words. And mine has always been love, inspire, entertain. And that's what I've been put here to do on this earth is love, inspire, and entertain. And I don't need anything back. You know, it's like, it's just a blessing to be able to do those things. Well, and you know, the, 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 the bridge in that song, um, thank you. Thank you for giving me the best part of who you are. And thank you. Thank you for giving me the best part of who I am. You know, that's, that's what it's really, uh, when we learn to fill ourselves with God's love, we learn to give the best part of who we are. And then we teach other people to give the best part of who they are and they right. don't need anything. Right. And that's, I mean, it's right out of first Corinthians 13, you know, I mean, love doesn't have an expectation like you said. Yeah. And it's this, this song is, I mean, it's very, it's, it's a very personal, personal experience for me. And, um, it was, it was interesting because when we set out to write it, I wrote the lyrics um, pretty quickly, but when we set out to kind of write the music to it, I had a totally different tune in mind. And then when Jacob and I were putting together the the, the background music and everything, um, he sent it to me and I just, this was the tune that came out. It was just, I was sitting actually right here in my, in my dining room 
Right. And so singing it to that tune, I was like, oh, Jacob, I just, it, this just happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. No running water, but got to live in a teepee, just like the Indians. I think that was awesome. Right back to my interview with Little Star right after this. You know, in today's world, most people are struggling with something. It may be someone in your life who has a serious illness, a family member who has been incarcerated, death of a loved one, job loss, or one of the many, many challenges we find ourselves immersed in. There is good news, however, and I'm here to tell you about Christine Mercy, spiritual teacher, seminary professor, and songwriter. Christine Mercy, who loves and deeply cares for all people, regardless of race, age, or creed. Dr. Mercy has a powerful ministry called Mercy Worldwide Ministries. This ministry cares for the sick and the dying and the disabled. If you have a need for prayer or perhaps a project that requires support, reach out today at mercyworldwideministries.com. Let's face it, we all need a trusted mother figure to give us a hand up from time to time. Reach out to mercyworldwideministries.com today and check out the programs and resources available to you. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. What is your, is your, do you, are you a piano player? Is that your main instrument? How do you, how do you put your music together? Uh, Well, that's very interesting, actually. Um, I don't read music. Good. We have um, a lot in common already. (laughs) (laughs) So um, just my background is back when we were hippies (laughs) and my mom met my dad who adopted me. He's a fantastic musician. He plays guitar, banjo, mandolin. I'm pretty sure he could play anything harmonica. He had back in the hit in the teepee, he would have a this guitar with the with the harmonica thing, you know, hooked up to him. He'd play both, and he was just like he was like Bob Dylan on steroids. I mean, he was just like really good, you know. Yeah. Not not with voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but so he taught me a few, you know, chords on a band. I played a four string banjo, and I played guitar passably. Neither of them do I play very well, and I had literally not not touched a guitar in probably twenty years. And again, when I was going through my divorce, um, I just, I, I bought a very nice guitar and I had didn't own, I had given away my guitars and it became my companion. And that's when God said, you're going to write music. And I said, what? I said, you know how Sarah laughed when Abraham, when the angel said she's going to have a baby at age 90. That was me. I'm like, that's hilarious. I'm old. I'm not going to write music. I don't read music. That's funny. Well, so I started writing this music and I'd written probably four songs and just with my guitar, playing guitar. And, um, and I um, was introduced, I had known Jacob Paul for years and years, um, but I hadn't reconnected with him for a long time. And a mutual friend, Don Kennedy, who had, um, who I knew from my parents' church, um, had reconnected us and he's a fantastic musician. So I know this is kind of a long way around my story, but, so I went to his studio cause he has a studio in, in um, Farmington, Arkansas and let him listen to my music. Well, he thought that I wanted to record my guitar playing. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, you play the guitar and I'll sing. <laughs> right. Right. So, so now, um, the music that I write for the most part, I, um, I write the lyrics. I have an idea of the sound that I want. Um, I literally use my iPhone. I'll record, um, lyrics and send them to him with a basic tune. Um, sometimes, and, and, and then I'll describe the music to him that I want it to sound like. Yeah. And then he, and he begins building the music to fit the lyrics and then we tweak it. I'll go to the studio. We'll, we'll play with it. And then eventually we'll get our full sound and I'll go down and record the lyrics. And then, um, and then we'll, we usually, you know, tweak it some more, of course, you know how that is. Right. And, um, put something together. He also sings backup for me. Some, my daughter, Grace sings backup with me and my son, John, my son, John actually co-wrote blessed Liberty with me when he was in high school. And he's at, he's at West Point Academy now, military Academy. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. So he's, he's actually a, a pretty talented, uh, pretty talented musician in his own right. And both of all my kids read music. So but they're way more talented than I am. I'm hoping that God will lead them in that direction. Right. <laughs> you know? 
Well, let's let's play another one here. It's, it sounds like it sounds like you use all the tools available to create your, which is great because as a songwriter, you don't necessarily have to get mired down in the instrument. It's all about the story, the melody, and the lyrics. You know, so let's listen to "Walk On." Well, it gave me all I need for life's hard road Break my body, but you can't take my soul My boots may be dusty and my jeans may be worn But God's got my back and He knows where I'm going Well, the angels are watching over me He laid down His life and set me free Knock me down, but you can't knock me out My daddy brought you in and He can take you out In your heartbreak, anguish, pain and fear Run to your daddy and he'll take away your tears When the trouble of this whole world stops you in your tracks Look them in the eye, don't you ever turn your back Don't you settle for this whole world to break your little heart Walk in the light, don't you play in the dark Kimberly, walk on. Give us a story on that one, girl. That was good. I love the banjo at the end, too. That was really cool. Oh, okay. So the, just the backstory of the banjo. Jacob um, Jacob didn't have a banjo. And I said, well, we're going to put a banjo in this song. I went out and bought one. And, yeah. and a mandolin. I was like, we're going to do... We're going to do some serious, um, you know, hoedown in this song. And it's going to... Because I like country rock, but I don't like... You know, I like it to be upbeat, you know? Right, right. That's the whole reason the song... This, I wrote this song after I had gone through, um, of course, I'm, on my, I'm still on my journey out of my divorce and starting a new law practice on my own because my, my ex-husband was my law partner. And when we, of course, when we got divorced, we split our law practice up, which, you know, for obvious reasons. But I was still kind of coming out of this whole, who am I and, and God, who are you? And, 
and I had been really hurt by somebody during this process. Right. And I, I mean, it was kind of hurt where you lose 30 pounds. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You just, it was just crushing. Yeah. And I was out and my remedy, one of my, one of my ways that I get close to God is I go out and I just walk in the, you know, walk in the woods and I was out walking in the woods and, um, he, he just spoke to me. It was like, walk on baby girl. I got you. And that was kind of the, wow, this is, I need to write a song because there are people out there just like me who have been crushed and they need to know that God is bigger than anything that can crush you. And so, and of course, you know, like in the country rock style, you know, the boots, the jeans, I like my boots and jeans, you know, and, right. and, um, the, it just, it just seemed natural. And, and that's the experience though, was that God had me, you know, he had me all the, the whole time, but I was choosing to stand still instead of walk on. I was choosing to stand in my anguish and my pain and, and my tears and my fears instead of just knowing I can walk in confidence because God's got me, you know, right. and he's right. big, he's bigger than anybody else that can hurt me. He, you know, he is very big. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of an in your face song, but you know, I feel like as Christians that we tend to be more cowardly about our faith. And you know what? I don't even know why, because I don't know if stronger than God. No one's smarter, no one's stronger, and no one loves us more. So what are we worried about? Right, you know? right. So that's the tenor of the song. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think we're going to play another one right now. We're going to play Whom Have, because I want to get this one in. Here we go on this one. Beside me, who am I in heaven beside? In heaven, but thee. 
That was awesome. So what do you think? What do you think? Whom have? Tell us whom have. So it's inspired by the psalm, you know, whom have okay. I in heaven but okay. thee. And <clears throat> I was, I remember having um, a devotional one day and just being completely floored by the fact that there's nothing more important in my life than God. There's there's no one I want to please more than God. There's there's nothing that I fear more than being without him. And that was the foundation of the song. And um, it's just a worship song. It's, you know, and I love the way that we, <clears throat> Jacob did an amazing job integrating the different instrumental parts that I wanted in there. And then my son and, um, you know, sang the, the male part with Jacob. And so it's super special. I love to, I love to put my windows down, open the sunroof and crank up the bows in the, in the car and just jam out that song, um, driving down the road just because it's just a praise, you know, right. you know? Yeah. Congratulations. And it's great that you're bringing your family into this too. I mean, you know, making everybody, you know, take part in it. It's really awesome. Yeah. It's kind of hard now because one's in, one lives in Argentina, one lives in North Carolina and one lives in New York. So, wow. Do you have, do you have three boys? Did you say you have three boys or? No, I have two girls and one boy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That must be, they must Thank be you. so proud of you. I'm like, my, my goodness. My, they probably oh, spend wow. all their time talking to their friends about your, my mom. You got to check out oh. what my mom's doing this week. You won't believe what no. she did last week. <laughs> no, my son told me yesterday that the thing he talks about is my food. Um, he brags about my pie to his friends and that's all he talks about. So I suspect that, you know, there, that there's very little chatter about mom other than maybe an occasional, I'm a pie baker. <laughs> so you're a super cook, a baker, you do it all. You know what? We're going to need at least three more shows, Kimberly, at least. So <laughs> listen, we, we are at the end already. This went way, way, way too fast. So um, before we go, you've got books out, you've got your music out, and we're going to put all of the, the links, um, all your social links in the show notes so you don't even have to give them to us. But best way for us to connect with you, to find out about your music and your books, how do we reach out? and support Kimberly Faith? So I have a website called Go Faith Strong and it's just gofaithstrong.com and then it's kind of under construction right now and we're working on that but um, also we have Go Faith Strong Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So it's all Go Faith Strong and um, yeah, I, I, you know, the feedback is fabulous from the standpoint that we know we're making a difference but more than anything, my goal is to glorify God and to teach people how to glorify God. What does that look like as a layperson who is just, you know, I'd go to work just like everybody else does every day. And right. what does that look like? You know, we are, we're real Christians. We're transparent where we are. If that's in my law office, that's great. If that's when I'm teaching my, you know, my life group class, Sunday school class, that's great. If that's when I'm out at Opal's house hanging out and we're practicing our gun moves, that's great. You know? <laughs> See, I told you we'd need three shows. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best way to connect. Awesome. Kimberly Faith, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. I love all the things you're doing, your stories, your, your songs, your books, your pies, the gun range. It's all really good. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, James, and all glory to God. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, jameskevinoconnor.com Geography of the Soul a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor
sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Best friend, love begins. Walk on. Whom have? Kimberly has God making her so efficient, doing projects at lightning speed, it takes us mere mortals three to four times longer to accomplish these things. Kimberly's interview is now posted on the Dharmic Evolution website and is now being downloaded and listened to in countries all around the world, and we're just starting to crank things up. Because now we're being downloaded in Egypt, of all places. Yes, indeed, it's Egypt. Hey, you should head over to the uh, James O'Connor Agency. If you have not visited this site yet, you got to check it out. Lots of artists around the world are starting to check in and take advantage of all the things this agency is offering them. An international talent agency designed for your global career. No matter where you are in your career, we've got your back. Stop by and visit the site. Find out about all the awesome packages we have designed and developed for you. Hey, do you need funding for your next album project? Well, go over to thejamesoconnoragency.com. Find out what we do for singer-songwriters, musical artists, as well as authors, speakers, and thought leaders. We also want to encourage you to visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out your show and your blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you're now on the site. Kimberly's on the site, and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Kimberly, her artistry, and her music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you on TV. You say you like my humor, my passion and intellect Positive social grace and confidence I communicate like a five-star general with grand command And the way you look at me Hey darling, I'm in demand You told me that you just read my book I asked what's it called, let's have a look it's not your heart that's up for play today So I stood up straight and turned 51 shades of gray This is my sexual serenade to you 51 shades of gray I turn for you This is my sexual serenade